Just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray, just pray. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Of the one whose potential is yet to be known. There is no limit as to what God can do. So just keep on praying. He's listening to you. And prayer is just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray, just pray. Don't ever give up. Just pray. And prayer is just as big. As God is, prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray, just pray. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Well, again, it's moving along here tonight, isn't it? Before we know it, that 22nd anniversary service will be over. <clears throat> but uh, a lot going on in the ministry, a lot going on in the church. And I thought maybe tonight <clears throat> that to start with, I would just kind of give you an update of how some of the bad jokes in the singles class have been going. <clears throat> now, again, <clears throat> they're not always jokes, okay? They're just really weird, kind of corny and kind of, well... If you're allowed, I'm not, you know, I, I heard that stupid's a bad word now in our culture. It's not politically correct, but they're pretty stupid. So <clears throat> I just couldn't know any other way to describe it. So let me just give you a couple examples of the kind of, uh, I guess, craziness that they have to deal with in that room. <clears throat> Why did people think the wedding cake was unhappy? Because it was in tears. Wow. That's really stupid. <laughs> <clears throat> Yes, it is. Exactly, that's my point, yes. <clears throat> why, why did the baby cookie cry? Because its mother was a wafer so long. Wafer, a wafer so long. <clears throat> why were the baby strawberries crying? 
because their mother was in a jam. <laughs> I told you, that's this kind of stuff they have to endure. <clears throat> the first boy says, this morning my dad accidentally gave me soap flakes instead of bran flakes for breakfast. The second fellow said, well, I bet you were mad. Mad? I was foaming at the mouth. Okay, come on now. Yeah. Why did the mushroom go to the party? Because it was a fun guy. Fun guy? You got, if you didn't get it, it's because you don't know science. Finally, finally, what would happen if you ate yeast and shoe polish? Well, every day you would rise and shine. All right. Well, there, that's what they have to deal with every week, stuff like that. And sometimes it's a lot worse. Sometimes it's a lot. Did I hear somebody say amen? Okay, watch it, guys. I hear you back in class next week. <clears throat> All right, take your Bible, if you would. Turn over the book of Jeremiah to start with. Jeremiah, of course, we've got to uh, touch on our main verses for the church. I mean, obviously, when it started in 1994, 22 years ago, these were the main verses. 22. 22 years ago, and those verses haven't changed a bit. They're still the, still the theme verses, really, uh, in my mind, for the ministry. Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah 33.3. I'll give you a minute to find it. <laughs> Amen. In that passage, we read, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Uh, call unto me and I will answer thee and shew thee mighty and great, great in things which thou knowest not. That's not right at all. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. <clears throat> wow, those jokes have really gotten in my head now. Turn if you would to Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 through 3. Psalm chapter 40. Another one of the theme verses, again, was uh, extremely valuable and, and influential and important in the ministry was this, Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. So Jeremiah 33, 3, and of course, Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 through 3, <clears throat> were the very foundation of Community Baptist Temple 22 years ago as it began in the Lake Senior Center. I told you uh, the other day in the, the rally, and, and I also mentioned it this morning, that I think I'm going to take some time and I'm going to read from my journal what took place and some of the thoughts and just what I wrote some of those years ago before the ministry actually started as in making my way to that point. And I think it's important, um, as I read through it, I realized these are aspects of the Christian life that all of us can glean from and grow from. And so I want to share some of those, and I want to give you four simple things uh, that were instrumental, uh, that, were, that stood out, I guess, in those early days that were necessary uh, in the beginning of the ministry as well as necessary in each of our lives as believers. So let's go ahead and take a moment. We're going to pray, and I'm just going to read some things to you. 
And uh, if you get bored, then just fall asleep for a few minutes, and when we get to the preaching, we'll get to it, okay? Uh, not really. But anyway, we'll go from there, okay? Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We need you tonight. <clears throat> Lord, can't thank you enough for 22 years in the ministry. And Lord, 22 years, well, not so much in the ministry, but 22 years as pastor Community Baptist Temple, Lord. Father, who would have, well, Lord, we knew, but Lord, many would have never knew what could happen. But, Lord, we thank you, Father, for just bringing to pass so many promises that you've given through the years. Father, for just giving vision and then, Father, allowing it to come to pass. And, Lord, it just, Father, I thank you, Father, for just your goodness to a young man that didn't deserve it. Lord, I thank you, Father, for a people who stood behind a preacher and weren't allowing or wouldn't allow Satan to deceive them. But, Father, continue to serve faithfully, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for the souls that have been saved through the years and for the lives that have been changed, for the families that have been restored and helped. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for just uh, the privilege to be a part of your family and to be co-laborers with you. God, it's such an honor to be able to serve with you. Lord, you give us that honor. We don't deserve it. And Father, bless this time tonight and may your Holy Spirit move in our midst, may he walk up and down these aisles and may our hearts be ever grounded and certain that you are real and that you love us and that you are there for us. That, Father, even when times may have gotten difficult in our lives, we knew that you haven't forsaken us, that we just need to lean on you even more. That's true in the ministry. It's true in our lives. Help us, Lord, now tonight to be, Father, open to your leadership and receptive of your love. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> well, as we begin, I, I want to start with a, a, a journal entry on Tuesday, the 21st of September, 1993. And that seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? It is a long time ago. Uh, let's see. Uh, stand up, Cody. How old are you, Cody? You're too little. Sit down. You're young. That was long before we ever started. Can you imagine that? 16 years old. All he's ever known is a great church. Right, Cody? Come on now, help me out with that, brother. <laughs> but you know what? He's only 16. Here we're talking 22 years ago. And we're talking actually a little longer than that. All the way back in September of 1993, I said, still seeking a 100% answer as to the location. Satan has tried to get me to doubt God's call to start a church. My dad said the other night, when God, talk to, when God talks to you, obey. It's not a matter of jump. Uh, of jump, or if not to jump, but how high. I thank God for my dad. I've heard a million, I heard that a million times, but God used my dad last night. Where does God want me to start a church? My heart's desire is to start a church within the distance of both grandparents. My greatest desire is to be obedient to God. The best place to be in this world is in the center of God's will. I can't escape the thought of Lake Township as of yet. God will answer and let me know for sure. As of now, I'm beginning to plan for my church that will soon be started wherever God directs. Thursday, the 23rd, just a few days later. Still seeking the unquestionable go-ahead from God concerning starting a church in Lake Township. Circumstances all say yes up to this point, but I still desire God's peace and moving of the Spirit. I'm excited and anxious to begin, but continue to remember Psalm 27:14. Wait on the Lord. God's timing is very important. Proverbs 
3, 5 through 6, were verses I claimed this morning. And, of course, those verses say, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Then on Sunday, the 26th of September, I wrote, God spoke through a song that the mixed quartet sang this Sunday morning. Wherever he leads, I will go. I know God wants me to start a church. I know he wants me to begin planning and working toward that goal. I'm still seeking that 100% peace about Lake. I, at times, believe that God is waiting for me to step out and just do it. But each time I think I should just do it, something within sparks doubt. I want the peace of God that passeth all understanding, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I want surety in my move so that I can boldly go before God's throne with my request concerning the ministry and also so I can boldly fight and defend my ministry under attack. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Then on Wednesday the 29th, I know some of these you're thinking, wow, I'm just going to read. I'm going to read a lot. <clears throat> so just hold on a second. And uh, I think you'll, you'll get what I'm, where I'm going with all this. Wednesday the 29th of September. I want so much to be right where God wants me. I know that we all make mistakes. But this is one area that I want to know 100% for sure that I'm making the right decision. This decision, as far as I'm concerned, is as important as who I decided to marry. Each of these decisions affects your entire life. I want to have good success in the ministry the Lord gives me. And I can think of no better insurance policy than that of God's stamp of approval and go-ahead. I'm ready to begin as soon as God gives me a location. For now I'm considering the direction and end of the ministry God will soon give me. Notice, it's important to understand, and again, for now, I'm considering the direction and end of the ministry God will soon give me. You know, what I, you know what it's basically saying, don't you? If I make a bad decision, it's going to cause a problem down the road. I'm better off to wait now than to mess up later. Okay, again, that's the mindset. Let's get it right the first time. Let's not mess it all up down the road. Um, and, and that was kind of the thought process. February or Friday, the 8th of October now. We're into October now. This is about nine days later. We're still waiting for that 100% confirmation from the Lord that Lake Uniontown, Hartville is the area he wants us. I'm anxious, however. Not so anxious as to move without God's okay. Some would say that all is needed, all that is needed is for me to step out by faith and begin the work. Well, I know God answers prayer, and I know he will give me the answer I seek if only I wait upon him. Hartville might not be the right area. I just don't know for sure 100%. Now, I want you to understand that in the process of this time, I was getting pressure from certain people, and uh, uh, certain people that I would call even spiritual people. Oh, well, you know what God wants for you. You know, you know God wants to start a church? Yeah, then just go out and do it. And I said, wait a second. Uh, Abraham waited for a call. Moses saw a burning bush. I want to make sure I hear the voice of God, not just doors in front of me that seem to be swinging open. Okay, now that was important to me. Now, <clears throat> come out and we continue on Tuesday, the 26th of October now. Now we're through the month of October as well now. Still waiting for God to direct. I'm ready to preach and start my own work more than ever. Apparently, God's not, God is not. <laughs> and I'm thankful for God's provision and blessing and want to remain within His will. I am going to make a more concerted effort to obtain direction from God. Now, over the course of the next couple of months, God would ultimately give the green light to start Community Baptist Temple, and He would also provide the location and the starting date. 
And of course, that starting date would be March the 13th, 1994. Now we're into February. It's February 4th now. So by the end of October, uh, let's see, um, let's see, I go through November, through December. It's almost the end of December, January. I'm getting this confirmation. Now God's made it clear. This is where I want you to start it. This is when I want you to start it. And okay, that's good. So we set the date. We're ready to go. Now, <clears throat> at least we, we kind of set the date. Okay, so anyway, um, Friday, the 4th of February. We're just six weeks out. God continues to bless my family and I in this move. <clears throat> just two days ago, I told Sherry that at this point, um, I, um, let's see, wait. Oh, okay. At this point, in spite of the fact that our church, however small and new it may be, can and will make a difference in the lives of those that attend. Just two or three weeks ago, I could not say this. God is, to give me, God is beginning to give me godly confidence of which I need. My fear is that I will teach, preach, or operate in the flesh to bring about success. May God continue to humble me and keep my eyes on Him. I'm anxious to begin the work. There's much that needs to be readied, however. Promotions, flyers, tracks, pulpit construction, all these things, all of which I'm writing or building myself. As I give my life to God through the ministry, this ministry, I pray that I, like George Mueller, will always pray in the support and workers before beginning any new ministry. God bless my family, myself, and the work, that many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. On Tuesday, just four days later, February uh, of 1994, I spoke to a boss. He was my boss now. He went to the church that I was going to, and I worked for him on my day off whenever I was uh, working at the church. Uh, my pastor permitted me to work on my day off and uh, to get a little extra income. And so I would work. And then this particular gentleman hired me whenever um, I was going to leave that ministry to go start the church. So the first two weeks before the church started, I was working with him full time. <clears throat> then I got laid off when the church started. So <laughs> the very week it started. But anyway, that was okay, though. For two months, I'll just say this, for two months I didn't work at all. And God blessed and provided for me while I just went out and knocked doors and tried to help do the work of God. So, and then he told me to get a job after two months, and I did, and I got it two days later. So anyway, God worked all that out. Now, God continues to bless my family and I. Excuse me, I spoke to Bob about my working full time. I informed him that if a choice ever had to be made, the ministry stays and all else goes. My job with him will go before I sacrifice the ministry. God will provide for me and my family. He has proven himself time and time again. Bob is working with me on this. Praise God. And I go on to say, I sent a fax to Kinko's today applying for an EIN. The cost was $2 a page. It ended up that I had to wait for about 13 minutes, and they didn't even charge me. God's working all things out for us. Thank you, Lord, and may I be as faithful to you as you are to me. That's something. <clears throat> I like that entry. <clears throat> then the second, uh, on Sunday, the 13th now. Sunday the 13th. Um, this is the 13th of February, though, a month before the church opens. This is the second entry. I was at our church where we were uh, on staff there. I was just walking out to the car to go home for e from evening service, and I had to come back in. I'm so excited as I watch God work in my life. I shared God's miracles and wonderful provision in my life tonight. God is worthy of our praise. Thank, thank you, God, for your many blessings. With God for me, who can be against me? And then on Wednesday the 16th, and I'm almost done. We're almost through this. Just a little bit longer. 
and this may not thrill life out of you, but it thrills me. I've read it three times since just the other day, so I love it. But anyway, <clears throat> on the 16th of February of that year, 1994 now, I took the track over to um, a fellow by the name of Dave Chisnell, was a printer at the time, and he was going to do our track for us. I found out about him, so I went over there. And um, I, I took the track over to Dave Chisnell Monday morning. I'm, I'm to pick up the master to proof it today. I'm anxious to see it. Dave has gotten it done two days ahead of schedule. The Lord knew our time schedule and quickened the process so we would be, not be behind schedule. I'm fervently praying for a particular couple. I'm claiming James 5, 16. Uh, may I be pure, holy, and righteous before God that my prayers might be heard of God. As I am writing this, the preacher called and asked me to preach my last Sunday night at, at the church. Not long ago, I mentioned to Sherry, I would like to preach one more time uh, on guaranteed success. She suggested I ask, but I could not do that. I asked God to work it out if he will, if he will it. Well, he did, obviously, amen? Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I rejoice in God at his answer to prayer. I went out Monday morning, got our 3.5 drive, and installed it and loaded our new software, WordPerfect 6.0. <laughs> Imagine that, WordPerfect 6.0. I mean, are you kidding me? That was the new stuff, you know what I mean? That was high tech, man. We're starting off right in the ministry. February the 18th, uh, Friday the 18th, I should say, on fe in February 1994, I dropped off the Trackmaster with its correction. Dave Chisnell says at that point, I have no money in the track. I asked him how much approximately that cost, uh, the cost would be, and he wouldn't tell me. He just said, don't worry about it. God is working everything out. No way could anyone be able to take care of me and my family the way God is. God knows our need even before we ask. Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Tuesday the 22nd. We're getting closer now. Again, the end of the month coming. As the day draws even closer, we become more excited and anxious. God is faithful beyond our wildest dreams and leaves no need unmet. Last night, we went to some friend's house of ours. Uh, there was actually my wife's friends, and uh, I went. And we went there to discuss the ministry. <clears throat> While there, I found myself confident and fearing nothing, fearful of nothing. This morning, however, I found myself humbled before my God as a little child lost in the dark, not knowing what lie ahead. I spent much time in prayer requesting God's grace and confidence in Him. God again reaffirmed my direction and gave to me overwhelming confidence as he brought to remembrance Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 10. All too often I find myself requesting things at the hand of God, but far too seldom do I take time to listen. This morning I listened to God, and God spoke. It's important that I take time to only listen. Then on Friday, the 25th, it was the last day of my job at the church I was uh, on staff at. And again, it was up in Stowe. It was at a place called Mission Baptist Temple. The many changes to occur and overwhelming things to do seemed, so, seemed to burden me down last night, this morning on my way to work. For this reason, I felt it necessary to fast and pray. I'm in a much greater need of God's grace and power to sustain me than that of temporal food. I'm still waiting for... Uh, Dave Chisnell to finish printing the track. I was praying for the track to be finished by today so I could start visiting tomorrow. 
in prayer this morning, God opened my eyes to his plan. Go visit and take the flyer with or without the track. God is allowing Satan to test me. He's trying to keep me from the Lord's work. I'm glad God enlightened me to Satan's tricks and gave me peace about going tomorrow. That was an answer to prayer as well. This morning I asked God to make me aware of the wiles of the devil. So much to do, so little time. I'm most grateful for God's promise in Matthew 11:28 through 30. Of course, call, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then, I think we only have two more entries, March the 7th, and then finally the day of our opening. But March the 7th says, Satan is working overtime to discourage me and to get my eyes off Christ and on the overwhelming circumstances. Car broke down, checks messed up. I'm talking about church checks, they were all messed up. The rent was refused and a higher amount required. Rain to ruin visitation and many little things to add to the total. But God is faithful, will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that we may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10 31. God is my refuge and shelter in time of storm. I lean and trust in Him. I go to God, especially on behalf of my family tonight. I'm well aware of Satan's dissatisfaction with what will take place Sunday and realize that he will go to any length to derail that effort. God protect my family this week and bind Satan and his band in Jesus' name. I claim the blood of Christ and the power of the Almighty God come Sunday. God will be glorified, exalted, and praised as the gospel is proclaimed to all. Philippians 3.14 Strengthen and sustain me. Meet my every need spiritually and physically. May I ever be mindful of the armor of God that I must wear. God be merciful to me, a sinner, and bring salvation to both my house and self. <clears throat> and then finally, the day we started. On Sunday, March the 13th was our first service, 1994, and it was in the Lake Senior Center, and um, it's, the pulpit's still around here in the back, and uh, we were using it in Sunday school for a while, but it's just a little half when you set it on a table and you're set, you know, and uh, that was, my brother put that together for me, and uh, I thought I was going to do it myself, instead he did it, and it turned out a lot better than it would have if I did it, I guarantee you that, but anyway, <clears throat> there we were, it, it, I enter my... Um, journal by saying, I took a short walk this morning in the rain. God calmed me. Oh, by the way, Miss Smith reminded me, too, that it got sunny that after, that it turned out to be a sunny day. It was raining in the morning, but it turned sunny, and that was kind of interesting. She reminded me of that today. But uh, I took a short walk this morning in the rain. God calmed me and, again, brought everything back into perspective. This whole deal, the church, began years ago with a personal relationship, and that relationship has brought me here today. I thought that having my own church would make me feel as if I had arrived or accomplished something. As a kid, I dreamed of this moment. But now that I'm here, I realize how far I am from arriving and how unable and incapable I am of accomplishing God's will and call on itself. I glory in God today. Just think of how God is using me in spite of myself. Now again, <clears throat> some simple entries of a journal as we lead up. There's other ones, a number of others. But those are just some that kind of give the heart of a preacher as we make our way toward the opening of a church, a brand new ministry. Now, what are some of the elements that are involved in that? And what are some of the elements involved in our own life that are so valuable and so important? Because whether it's we're beginning a church or whether it's beginning a, a, a relationship with a fellow or a, a young lady, whether it's entering into marriage with someone and beginning our life anew and afresh, whether it's 
the decision we're moving forward with children and we're going to start a family in that regard, not just the couple, us two, but we're going to also include others in our family. We're going to strive or work toward that end. We're making choices, whether it's a choice to go into uh, maybe a certain career field or uh, possibly go to a specific college or what it might be. What goes into that? And it's the same thing that goes into starting a church. It's all the same. And so what are some of those elements? Well, first of all, we can't, we can't even go forward without prayer, can we? Prayer is the first thing. It's the most important thing. In Jeremiah, as we said, 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. James chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Boy, prayer's important. You know, we do so little praying today. If we're really honest with ourselves, we don't pray probably as we ought to pray. And we wonder why our decisions uh, end up leading us in a position where we're derailed in life, where we're falling on our faces, where we're tripping up and stumbling about. It seems like we're in the dark so often. But I'll tell you, we have to be so careful to pray. Because, see, we serve a God that's bigger than us and that can see far beyond today but sees into the future. It's so important we pray. I'm not saying that there aren't mistakes that we make. And I made that very clear, even in my own... uh, uh, notes or whatever, I I make the point. I understand we make mistakes, but I did not want to make a mistake on this one. I did not want to end up in a place where God didn't want me. I didn't want to end up in a position where I was hurting not only myself and my family, but could possibly hurt a number of others as well. And every decision we make affects other people. Whether we want to believe it or not, it does. And it's so important that we pray, that we pray. But not only prayer, but number two... Patience. Now this one here, I mean, even if someone prays often, even if somebody is often on their knees and in the presence of God, too many times we get impatient and we find ourselves jumping or moving because somehow, someway, we think we have to take the bull by the horns and deal with it. In Psalm chapter 27, 14, the Bible says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31, another great passage, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, that shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Well, we have to be patient. It's hard to be patient. It's hard to wait on God. There's nothing easy about waiting on the Lord. Man, we want things and we want them now. We want it to happen today. You know, that's just our nature. That's how we are. That's our culture. That's our society, isn't it? Everything's instant. Get it now. You don't have to wait. You know, let's face it, we've got credit cards and we've got all kinds of opportunities to get things that we really can't afford because we can do it, get it now, and pay for it later. You know, that's really Satan's philosophy. Satan wants you to believe you can have it all now. Then you'll even try to hide the fact that it will cost you greatly later. Satan's good at giving you what you want today. But you won't have anything left tomorrow. God says it's going to cost you something today. But I want to tell you, it's worth waiting on. And you know, that's, that's how it was in the ministry. Man, I mean, I had people coming to me saying, Well, don't you know that God wants you to start a church? Come on, brother. I said, Yeah, I know that. Well, then why don't you just get out there and do it? Just start it. I'm thinking, what planet are you from? 
Does anybody wait on the Lord? Does anybody wait to hear the voice of God? Do we just move because we know one piece of the puzzle? I mean, if, if it costs, uh, I mean, if you had a, a, a I don't know, a, a puzzle of sorts in front of you and you said, okay, um, you have a choice to make. You can go ahead and tell me what that puzzle represents and what it really is picturing, completed, all filled in, or I'll just give you a little small piece of it and then you try to guess what it is. Now, I'm going to give you $1,000 if you get it right. Which would you prefer, that little piece and try to guess? Or would you want the whole thing filled in and then tell me what it is? And everybody in their right mind would say, I'm going to wait till the whole picture's there. I'm not going to just try to guess on a piece of the picture. I'm going to have a sure thing if I'm going to win a thousand bucks for it. And you want to know something? That's the way it is with God's plan in our life. Sometimes God reveals it in pieces. And if we're not careful, we get impatient and we start to try to kick doors down. Well, the door was cracked, but was it open? Well, I just know there was a door. Man, I'm going to tell you, I want God's affirmation. I want God to tell me it's time to go through the door. I don't want to just decide on my own. I don't want to say it looks like a good deal. I don't want to just say circumstances are in my favor. And so I waited. And I waited. And months went by. And I waited. And I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I waited. Have you ever made a decision and you thought later, I wish I'd have waited? Of course you have. We've all done that, right? The question is, will we learn from our mistakes? Will we be patient and wait on the Lord? Whether you're starting a church or starting a family or starting a new career or starting a new job or moving your family down the road somewhere, you better make sure God's in it. Don't just pray about it. Be patient and wait on the Lord. Not only that, but prayer and patience, but also planning and preparation came into it or went into it. Now, every one of us ought to be preparing ourselves for the work that God has for us. You know, sometimes we we, we get this impression or the idea that when God calls me or God tells me what to do, then I'll do it. Well, God may be waiting for you just to kind of take some steps in the right direction. He's provided you with opportunities to grow and to learn and to become everything you ought to be. And and you ought to take every opportunity serious. And you ought to apply those principles and, you know, those truths. And you ought to get in the Word of God and study it out and understand it. You ought to go to every class you can go to at this church to learn how to teach and how to be involved in the bus ministry and how to train up your children and everything we do around here. Why? Because you're preparing. You're readying yourself for the future. What if God does give you the opportunity to serve in the ministry? You need to be prepared. You need to be ready. Well, I'll tell you what, starting a church demands a lot of preparation and you've got to be thinking a lot of things through. I'm one of these people that's just extremely crazy about considering where does it lead me? How, where does it end me or take me to? Where's the end destination? I, I, okay, I'm going to make this decision. Are we going to, we're going to put an advertisement in the particular newspaper? Are we going, to, are we going to advertise on the radio? Are we going to get on television or whatever? I'm thinking about it. What does it say? What does it mean if we do this versus this or this? I mean, how does it affect the, the, the persona of myself or the ministry or the Lord? How does it view, look to other people? What are we trying to accomplish and where will it then take us and where will we end up as a result? I mean, I think about all that stuff. I, was, I lose my mind around here sometimes when little things aren't done right. You would never know because I'm always so 
You would never know it, would you? I lose my mind. And I think to myself, why didn't somebody think about that? Why didn't we think about how that would look or how that, where that would take us and where we would end up if we didn't follow through or if we didn't do it right? I would have if I was doing that. Some of you think that too, don't you? You think to yourself, how in the world did that happen? Some of you look at the, the pay, things up on the wall and you go, how could they put that up there and it not be spelled right? And I think to myself, me too. I just don't often say things like that because I know that I can't say those things sometimes. Now, there's some people I can say it to because I pay them. And there's some of you that I say it to because I hope you're really working for the Lord and not me. And then you can take it because you're humble. Right, amen. But some people get offended if you pointed out their mistakes. Now, prayer, patience, planning and preparation. Be ready when God reveals His plan and purpose for your life. For months, I knew God wanted to start a church. I knew God wanted me to do that. So I started making preparation. I started looking into how can I get, you know, do we want to incorporate? Do we want to get a um, 501c3? Do we want to go this direction, that direction? If we do that, how will it, you know, will it affect us? Will the government have too much uh, you know, influence in our ministry? Will it affect us in a negative way down the road? Will we open ourselves up to attack? Will we allow, I mean, all these things are flying. I'm preparing. I'm ready. And that's what you need to do, sir, in your own home. Before you purchase anything, before you do anything, you need to consider how it's going to affect your whole family. How it's going to affect the whole situation. How it's going to affect your faith and how it's going to affect your, your service. How it's going to affect your church family. You need to consider others in your decisions. Planning and preparation. So prayer, patience, planning and preparation. And finally, I have this one simply, number four, permission. Permission. You say, what do you mean? Well, circumstances, as I said, are important. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I see this, and I I understand this, and it sure looks like a good deal, and it seems like it's going to work out, and looks like it's the right time. This has to be the right person. How many times have I heard that? Let me tell you something. If I were you as a believer, I wouldn't move until God gave me permission. I wouldn't do anything until God gave me permission. I know how quick it is to move because you can make more money at a job somewhere. I would not do that just because the job provides more money and what is seeming opportunity. I would not move without getting permission from Him. See, I just don't do things because you just, that's what you do. It's not, that's not why we do as believers. God has a purpose and a plan for our life, where we're at. And, and, and to, to, to move without getting God's permission is a real, real problem. Amen. See, your main job in life is not to support and supply your family. Even. That's, right. That's not why you were left on earth. That's right. Look in Revelation chapter 4 real quick. And again, I, I make the statement in, the, in one of these notes. I can't remember where it was, but... Basically, when I took that job, I made it clear that there's no job will come between me and the ministry God's called me to because God's responsible to take care of my family. I still believe that to this day. I still believe it to this day. There are people, there are preachers that 
claw and scratch to get what they want. Even to the point where they'll be unethical. Trying to get that nice house, trying to have a beautiful car, trying to get all the things the world says is success. I never, ever, ever, God is my witness, I, I beg God if it, it's true, do something to fix my heart now, Lord. But honestly, money didn't, nor does it matter to me. Never did. God, He can take care of me. What I need, He'll give me. That's what I needed. And boy, let me tell you, God has given me things that other preachers would probably go, wow, I sure wish I had that. I just thank God for it. It's just His grace. It's just all His grace. Notice, notice what it says here in, um, in this passage here. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, I believe it's verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Do, do, do you realize it's for his pleasure we were created? It's not for us. I mean, we, I know we honor God by obeying. You say, well, I'm, I'm required to do this. Or I'm required to do that. I have a responsibility to do this. I know that. But listen, God's big enough to tell us what we need to do. God, God is able to direct us and lead us. And I want to encourage his believers not to make decisions based on convenience or opportunity. Make decisions based on permission. Hear the voice of God. What's he saying in 1 Kings 19.12? And after the earthquake, a fire. Talking about Elijah. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. A still, small voice. Boy, he heard that voice. That still, small voice. Well, what a difference that made in a life. What a difference that made in Elijah's life. He didn't just simply say, well, I see the rain clouds or I don't see the rain clouds. He said, no, I've heard a voice. Boy, I'll tell you what, we need to hear the voice of God in our life. I know it's not audible. I know we don't sit there and talk to him like you and I are talking right now. But let me tell you something. When you hear the voice of God in your heart, you'll know it's not just you talking to yourself. And it may not be audible, but it may as well be. <laughs> it's, it's pretty unbelievable. You know, Moses, the Bible tells us, would not proceed until he was positive that God would go with him. We know that when he came out of the mount, the children of Israel were down there. They had made a golden calf, and they were worshiping the golden calf. God says, listen, I am angry with you people. I'm upset with you people. As a matter of fact, if it was up to me, I'd wipe you off the face of the earth. Moses goes on behalf of his people and begs God to spare their lives. But in the end, what, God, what does God say to him? You go on up. You go up and take the land, but I'm not going up. And Moses says, what? <laughs> you say that, that, I, that, that, that you love me. You say that you've, your grace has been applied to my life, but yet you're telling me you won't go up with me. And Moses says, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Oh, sure, I could go, but I don't want to go without you. I don't want to go there. I don't care how successful we may be. I don't care how plush the land will be. It doesn't matter to me how good things will seem. I don't want to go if you don't go, God. If you're not in it 100%, I want nothing to do with it. And God ultimately says, okay, fine, I'll go. That's what I want to hear. That's what I'm waiting on. I want God to talk to me. I want God to confirm in my heart what I need to do. Because here's the bottom line. If I make a move 
and I go up without him, then I'm responsible for whatever happens. But if I wait and patiently wait on the Lord, and I wait for his permission, and I hear his voice, and he gives me the green light, whatever happens is on him now. And that's his business. Come rain or shine, come succeed or fail, it's on him. It's on him. And I like, I like not being responsible. And I know I'm a preacher and I'm responsible for a lot of things, but I don't like to be responsible. I would prefer to let him be responsible. Okay, God, you told us to buy this building. It's on you now. And I think, well, what, what, if, what if we don't get the money we need? What if we don't finish it? What if we don't, and God says, duh, did I not tell you to get it? Do you, do you honestly have to worry about what happens? That's on me now. Oh, okay. And then when God gives us the next piece, that's on him. Green light, go forward now. We stop, we wait on God. When God gives the green light, we go forward. We don't always have to have every little detail planned out. But let me tell you this. There are times we, we just, without a doubt, we just do not move without God's green light, without God's voice, without that still, small voice. <clears throat> I watch so many people make mistakes today. They make mistakes because they think they figured it out. They think they know what God wants. They'll say, well, God, I, I've been praying and I believe God's telling me to do this. Don't believe nothing. You better know without a doubt, 100%. You better know. And if we're walking in sin and we're not yielded to the Spirit of God, don't tell me God's speaking to you. I mean, are you kidding me? It's amazing how we all know God's will. A guy that's up to his neck in pornography is telling me what the will of God is for his life. God told me to do this. How could God tell you to do anything? Are you kidding me? Ladies, we're rebellious to our authorities. But God's telling us, we know, we've heard the voice of God. That's interesting, isn't it? How we can be in total rebellion of God's purpose and plan for our life, and yet all of a sudden God's listening. And he's not only listening, but he's directing us and he's guiding us. Folks, listen, let's quit lying to ourselves about things. Let's understand that God seriously wants us to be committed to him and that we do have to be clean and pure if we're going to hear from the God. And, and we can go through life and navigate through the perplexities of life. And some of us can do a pretty good job of it because we're very intellectual. We may have some smarts. You may even have some charisma. And boy, you can get people to follow you and direct them and lead them. You're smart enough to get through school and get a good job. But that doesn't mean God's blessings in your life. The world's got all that. They don't have God. They got the God of this world. I'm just saying, if you want to start something in your life today as a believer, no matter what it is, you must pray. You must be patient. You must plan and prepare now. Ready yourself in the event and the time when God speaks. You'll be prepared. And then wait on His permission. Don't do anything without God's permission. Nothing. You'll be surprised. When you need God's voice that bad and you know you can't move till He speaks, you'll be compelled to spend more time listening. And that's what we need to do, don't we? We need to listen to God for a change. We all got a game plan, don't we? But last time I checked, His is really all that matters. 
let's make sure we take the time to hear his plan and to fulfill it the way he gives it to us. Boy, we'll be glad we did. 22 years. This is all God, folks. And again, I, I, I thank the Lord he used me to do some of this stuff. And I, and I mean that. I, I'm, I am humbled that God would allow me to pastor a church like this. I, I, I go other places. If somebody asks me to speak, and I don't speak out much, but if I go other places, I feel so uncomfortable. I, I, I feel so nervous. Someone says, why? Because that's not home. God gave me this place. This is home for me. And, and God gave me a great people that love me even when I mess up. And, and I feel comfortable here. This is, this is my family. And I think that in my heart, I wonder if every preacher feels that way, really feels that way. I don't know if they do, but I know I do. And boy, I love to preach here. I go somewhere else. I'm, well, like the, the old show said, I'm like a cat on, on a hot tin roof. God's been good. 22 years. Think about all the souls. Think about all the people that have come through the doors and through the ministry. There's even been a few that have come through that God continues to bless, and we're thankful for that. Not everybody that leaves falls on their face. Some people leave because God may have directed them. In some strange way, somehow, some way, maybe God did no matter what, even no matter what we thought about it. We're just going to go ahead and trust God with that. Love people. There's not been one person that's come through Community Baptist Temple that I don't still love and believe in my heart. They're ours. I got a note a while back from a particular family. and Boy, when they do those, you know, move and they go somewhere else things, I, I, I don't like to sign those things off. I don't like to send them back. I always write something like, well, that's fine, but they'll always be part of our family. <laughs> I always have to throw something in there. Why? Because that's how I feel. It's a family. And that's God has blessed us here. Well... You're a part of. You're in on it for the ride. Some of you are visiting tonight. That's fine. You know, and that's what you do with your, you know, decision where you end up. That's your business. It's between you and the Lord. But for those that are here tonight that have supported and been a part of this ministry, I just want to say thank you. It doesn't happen without you. You are the ministry. You, it, a pastor can't do it alone. I mean, I'm just one piece of the puzzle. So I want to thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. And let's just do something for God, something that will be remembered, something that our children will remember, something that will inspire faith in the next generation. Amen. Let's do that. Father, we come to you.